Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series titled, According to the Pattern. And our text scripture is Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 through 9. And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. And that was God speaking to Moses on designing and building Moses' tabernacle, according to the pattern that God was showing him. And I've been saying that there are three patterns within this tabernacle that are prophetic for us. The pattern of the way the pattern of the value, and the pattern of the time. And we've been studying the pattern of the way. And what we've learned so far is that the gate on the east end represents the narrow way. It represents the first baptism, the baptism of repentance, which was the baptism of John. And we know that godly sorrow leads to repentance, which leads to salvation. So the entrance gate represents the baptism of repentance to bring us to Christ. The next piece of furniture, traveling from the east to the west, is the brazen altar. And this is where Christ paid the price for our sins. He died the death that we were supposed to pay for. It was a divine exchange. And it's where we call upon him to be our Lord and Savior and accept his sacrifice. And we become born again new creatures in Christ. And as the Bible says, we are baptized into the body, where we become a part of the body of Christ on the earth. And that's the second baptism, the baptism into the body. And then as we continue to travel west, we come to the brazen laver, which is a large body of water representing cleansing. And it represents the baptism in water, which Jesus preached that we should all do as a way of showing the world that we've become new creatures in Christ, we've died with him, we've been buried with him, and we've been resurrected with him as new creatures in Christ. It also represents the cleansing of the water of the word as we grow in Christ and in his word. Then we continue west and we get to the sanctuary, which has two rooms. The first room being the holy place and the second room being the holy of holies. Now, in order to enter the holy place, we have to enter through the door. And this represents the fourth baptism, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is a baptism of power. It's an endowment for service in the kingdom of God. And the holy place actually represents the church of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth. And there are three pieces of furniture in this room. The first being the golden candlestick. The second being the table of showbread. And the third being the altar of incense. And yesterday we were talking about how the golden candlestick tells us of the advantages. 
Kevin J. Connor, in his book about the Tabernacle of Moses, said this, The church is not merely to be a candle or to give candle light, but is to be a lampstand shedding forth divine light by the continual supply of the oil of the Holy Spirit. The chief purpose of the lampstand was to give light and to illumine all that was in the sanctuary. And what is the light? It's the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3-4 through 4 says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And we are instructed to be the light. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So you see, we are the illumination of the world. It's actually the light of His Spirit within us that the world needs to see. But there's even more included in the illumination of the Spirit. There's the seven churches, the seven spirits of the Lord, the nine gifts of the Spirit, the nine manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit. This is why Jesus said we would do even greater works than he did after he sent the Spirit to be our helper. John chapter 14 verse 12 says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And then in John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Ha! <laughs> this is fantastic. I want to learn more about the seven churches, the seven spirits of God, the nine gifts of the Spirit, and the nine manifestations that will bring fruit to his kingdom. So let's begin to take a look into the abilities, the efficiencies, and the powers, the might that the Holy Spirit wants to work through us as we take the gospel being the light to the world. First, this type, or the candlestick being a type for us, shows us it's like pure gold. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, in the Amplified Version says, But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Yes, there's more to being a Christian than just being saved. Listen to the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6. He says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You see, Zerubbabel was the governor. Israel had returned to Jerusalem from captivity in Babylon, and Zerubbabel had started to rebuild the temple. It seems that Zerubbabel was having some difficulties in accomplishing the task in his own strength. The Lord sent a word to the prophet Zechariah for the governor. It was a word of wisdom, direction, and encouragement, and he sent it by an angel. Zerubbabel had finished the foundation, but there was a lot more to do. Listen to Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. 
Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who was wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? So I said, I am looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, and on the stand seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What did Zechariah see? A vision of a golden lampstand with seven lamps, a bowl, seven pipes, and two olive trees. What did this mean? Well, as we read further, we get more details. And this is Zechariah chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. So obviously, Zerubbabel was feeling like he was facing a mountain too difficult to climb, a situation he himself could not solve. The task seemed way too big. Maybe Zerubbabel was overwhelmed and crying out to the Lord what to do. Have you ever felt like that? Well, I have. The prophetic word of the Lord speaks to the situation and puts the mountainous difficulty in its place. How? By the grace of God. This reminds me of when Paul cried out to God in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. It says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So what are we learning? That grace is not just unmerited favor. It's also the power to accomplish what you and I cannot do. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. As you can see, Zerubbabel did finish the foundation, and the Lord let him know he will also finish the entire temple. However, Zerubbabel will know that it was not by his own might or power, it was by the Lord. And he was given even further encouragement through the words that said, Don't despise small beginnings, and keep the plumb line in your hand. What are the seven eyes and the plumb line? From Zechariah 4.10, which says, For the Lord has despised the day of small things. For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro the whole earth. 
The Believer's Bible Commentary says, In spite of mountainous opposition, the temple would be completed and would bring forth exclamations of grace, grace to its beauty. Those who have despised the day of small things, that is, that is, those who mock the possibility of God's doing some great thing, would see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel, that is, they would see the day when Zerubbabel would finish the structure. The seven lamps are the seven eyes of the Lord, signifying his watchful care over the rebuilding and over the whole earth. The Faith Life Study Bible says the plumb line is a tool used in construction that consisted of a string with a weight attached to the end. Ancients used a plumb line to determine whether a wall was straight. If a wall was leaning, it was more likely to collapse unless it was repaired. The image connotes destruction and reconstruction. If the wall was too damaged to repair, it would be demolished and rebuilt. The plumb line also metaphorically represents an external standard to determine right from wrong. So what is the only true and eternal standard? It's the Word of God. We're out of time. We'll continue here tomorrow, and I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.